This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. And welcome back to Off the Break Podcast. I'm Cody. With me is Kyle. Just Kyle. Yeah, Eric's took an extended weekend away. It's his turn to have the vacation. It is, because um, next week it's my turn to have a vacation. Oh, that's right. I forgot mm-hmm. that you were going to be taken out. Spring break with children. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll, it'll be highly entertaining. It will. Um, but not as highly entertaining as our episode today. Yeah, we're going to have some good stuff. We are. We're going to talk uh, initial reactions to Captain Marvel. We both went and saw the early shows last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to just talk about some news that has come up. Just a couple of things. Rami Malik being the new Bond villain. and. Yeah. And uh, Idris Elba, who everybody wants to be Bond, is going to be Deadshot. (laughs) (laughs) Good way of connecting the two. Yeah. And then uh, maybe weigh in a teeny tiny bit on the Netflix Spielberg conflict. (laughs) Yes. Teeny tiny. I will save my arguments for a write-up. It might be better delivered that way. That'll be fun. I'll I'll look forward to that one. Less impassioned and less Mm -hmm. like, F you, Netflix. (laughs) Because we don't want to be that harsh. No. Not verbally. We're actually, not verbally, just <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah. Behind a screen. <laughs> right. Anonymously behind a screen. Yeah. But not so anonymous. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into Captain Marvel. We yeah. both saw uh, <laughs> the early show last night. I mm. went to the late, late early show. The late early show. That's yeah. I weird was a. It's a different crowd at that time. I'm, I'm not sure it is. I'm not normally out of my house. I'm not necessarily asleep at 10 o'clock but i'm not out of my house <laughs> like carousing with the college kids yeah although um, i'm just barely out of college that was just me a few years ago <laughs> sure yeah well your crowd was um mainly the college students i actually had quite a few uh younger people showing up like not even young teenagers like 10 11 12 year olds like kids up to this. And, and normally you see that uh, in a few of these premieres, but not to the extent that was in Captain Marvel. And I found that pretty interesting. It also actually helped my experience with Captain Marvel a lot, too. Yeah. Well, I know that the weather has been really bad and that just people just want to get out of the house and the theater is the perfect place for that. Yeah, that could be it, too. And this was finally a film that kids could see with their parents. It is, especially with parents. Like, I think it's one of the more kid-friendly um, Marvel cinematic universe movies as yep. compared to maybe some others oh yeah the bl- <laughs> they showed blood but it was blue yeah the Cree blood right so yeah. it's not it's really very harmless i think for children yeah. if they can handle the intensity of it then they should be fine well it was, it was just funny because it kind of made me remember like why i love these movies and why i love superheroes so much just because i had a 10 year old boy uh, sitting behind me the entire time he's just reacting to everything from like the big action scenes down to like the moments with the cat goose and just how adorable the cat was and it was just funny just realizing like oh yeah this isn't just for me this is for mm-hmm. all age groups and it's for the kids growing up that get to have these experiences and I mean I had those to an extent but it was like gritty x-men you right know? <laughs> yeah so it was just a cool it helped with the uh experience of the movie that's for sure it was a good time my experience listening to people around me talk was that they everybody was talking about like i don't want to give a spoiler away but there's a a thing in the movie and they're like and they were just talking about how it relates to the other films but they were in no way close to how it relates and it was just like 
I wonder if the films are getting so much and the lore and the world is so big that people are just getting confused and lost at this oh, point. for sure. I mean, I think, well, I think in Captain Marvel, some of the connectivity that they mm-hmm. did in between movies to figure out like how the timeline works, I think some of it worked well. But there was yeah. definitely a lot of things that clearly were forgotten, even for the writers who probably did have to go back and look at right. some of these movies. And I think especially for like, common audiences like they're only going to be thinking about like the title character but not like the details and, and that's to be expected too especially with being on like our what 21st movie now it's not too surprising it can be frustrating for like the hardcore mcu fans and especially mm-hmm. for myself but um i think for the common fans like it's not too much of an issue for them as long as it's a good time yeah no, but I, I mean, I had people, I could overhear people asking where it, this one fit because they're like, is this after Captain America? And, you know, cause there's that weird part That's where Captain America, <laughs> right. Well, well, Captain America takes place in the thirties and then he's asleep and then he wakes up in like the two thousands after the 40s, events. Yes. Yeah. Forties, yeah. whatever. Thirties, forties. It, it goes 40s. World War two. World War two. <laughs> and it, but he wakes up in like the two thousands. So, right. so this takes place wedged in kind of in between that time. Yeah. But it, but obviously it takes, you know, shield has been created and in Nick Fury's not a director yet, mm-hmm. but he's, he's in the process of heading that way. Yeah. And and so it's not hard to pick out where it fits in the timeline, but it was interesting to me that people were confused. Yeah, I mean, for us, like, it's not hard to figure out where on the timeline it is. It's mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. nitty-gritty details of how things are connect- connected that I think hardcore fans are going to have trouble with because that was my right. trouble as well. But it, in general, when it comes to its connectivity, I think it worked fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe to say. Oh, yeah, I think for sure. Um, so what were your thought, your general feelings on it? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did, did it speak to you on another level, Kyle? I liked it, but it definitely has its problems. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think are, I feel like should have been apparent, but in my screening, people were having a really great time, which is awesome. That's great. But I was just surprised that, um, people weren't also noticing, but then again, maybe I just have grown up with movies so much that it's, um, natural for me to be able to spot these things a little bit right. more. Um, but I, I do like right at the top, I do like Brie Larson as the character, um, Mm -hmm. despite some writing issues with trying to create some depth and trying to create like a really fleshed out character. Uh, I thought she did as well as she could in the role. I thought that she was able to create moments where this character could be interesting and exciting to watch. And, uh, she was really able to hold her own despite some kind of poor writing, um, but I think in general, I think she was still cast very well. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see how another director like the Russo brothers are going to be ha- able to handle her in, in future movies. And I don't think the Russo brothers are very great with character development. Really? I think they are th- the worst at they it. Re- wow. I feel like they ruined Captain America. They, I think I, I feel like his made Captain America better. I think they made his fighting style better, but they took his character art and it just went like flatlined. Wow, I there's strongly no, disagree with there's that. There's no <laughs> new depth to him at all. Even Winter Soldier, really. I mean, what like, he find he finds his his buddy, like but there's no I don't know, that's more of like a shock like, "Oh my gosh, you're still alive," but that doesn't change him as a character at all. He is still I the same. His change came from when he has to realize that he can't trust his own government i don't know i just feel like those are just circumstances but you don't get any more 
of him like he does he doesn't just go rogue and then go dark or he's still the oh, same no but i mean essentially it, it the character everything that he thinks about and how to handle situations but and then they and then they wrote his like love interest terribly and just I'll, I'll left that you. like hanging no, off that way and there. the agent 13 yeah. part was a bit weak i'll give that, you that one that was weak and then he like i ha- still trust the russo brothers with captain marvel though i I don't know. I I think that they're I think they, characters they give them credit for. I don't know. I don't think they're good with characters, but I think their action sequences are much better. I think that that I felt like Captain yes. America, Winter Soldier, and um, Civil War, the fight sequences were brought to another level. I I agree. Which brings me to my point on um, the fighting in Captain Marvel that I noticed. Like I think when it comes to the space battles and. Um, the scope of those battles, I think those are shot very well. Like, the cinematography and those are pretty good. Um, unlike the rest of the movie, which I'll get into. But for, like, the action sequences in space with those mm-hmm. space battles, those are done pretty well, as well as the uh, visual effects are done um, They're really well. They're beautiful. And I was impressed by that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, her, too. But... That, her energy coming off her, her powers look yeah, those, so good. Yeah, those were done very well. But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to... The cinematography and other aspects, as well as when it comes to the hand-to-hand combat shots, I felt like those were very weak as compared to things like Winter Soldier and Civil mm-hmm. War. And even, uh, I would argue, Iron Man has some better action shots, like the very first Iron Man does, at least in yeah. my opinion. Thor Ragnarok's another good one. And it's, it's a little unfair to judge, you know, one movie to another, I feel like. But at the same time, since, since this is all connective tissue, like, you right. want it to, like be on that plane or at least like a step above or have its own style or or even have its own style but at least have its own style where it's memorable and that it looks well and you can understand what's happening Mm -hmm. and just in certain moments of the movie like it goes from looking really good to just looking very average yeah you know like guardians has each of those characters have has their own fighting style and it's fun to watch the differences and Captain America, you know, has his shield, so that added that an extra element. That's and he's got this athleticism to mm-hmm. it. Iron Man's always got the cool things with his suits, so his stuff's always interesting. And Hulk just bashes, and Black Widow's got the cool, the cool, um, really close combat moves. <laughs> you know, where she flings around people, and yeah. so I just like you're going down the roster. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm thinking everybody's got it, but mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. I would say doesn't have something that I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally Captain Marvel fighting. I feel like that's a problem with the directing and not with the acting. I, oh yeah, no, I, do I don't want to blame Brie Larson. That. Like I do, I think Eric is right in some regards that she does feel wooden. Very wooden in acts, some. But I don't blame that on her because I do yeah. feel like despite that, I was still enjoying her attempting to like make this a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that as I think that speaks volumes about. Uh, actors acting skills um but i think it was all due to the directing style as well as the writing which i thought was very average it wasn't i mean it was a fine fish out of water story Uh, that that's always a good angle to go about introducing a new character but there wasn't really anything else to make it i don't want to say enjoyable but at least anything to make it memorable or to Mm -hmm. make it push forward to a new level it just felt like it was very a continuation of what we've had and for this to be the first solo fronted female superhero movie from marvel Marvel, yeah yeah, it it just felt a little lackluster like it was an afterthought and not a purposely driven created Mm -hmm. molded 
character. And I don't want to, I don't really want to turn this onto like the feminist agenda. No, I don't either. Um, Because we have Wonder Woman. We have other really strong characters. And I love her fighter pilot buddy and stuff there were elements there it just maybe my expectations were too high but for some for being asked for so long to have this kind Mm -hmm. of character and then Mm -hmm. for it to be good but not great just well she works in there and i not feel super special it was a little disappointing yeah i i think that's just the thing like it's my my personal expectations were maybe too high. I, I, I'm sure that could be part of it. Maybe mine was too. I felt like it, I was able to go in just fine. Um, but yeah, it was just for wanting to finally get this character, this female character, uh, to come into fruition. And like the directors and Brie Larson being like, mm-hmm. this is really uh, a movie for women and it's, it's going to be an empowering, driven feature for all of them. It really doesn't come across as that. It really feels... <laughs> Plain. And again, like I don't right. want to go into that agenda because I do but, feel like people of all sorts are going to enjoy this movie. But I, found... I just feel like we're trying to go at that angle. It's not pushing. It's not going to be that. No, I found it really interesting. The I think the writer that wrote the script is a female comic book writer. I don't think that's correct. Are I'm you... pretty sure. Sure. Well, I I remember looking up all five of the writers. Who are and... the well, one of them is because she was talking so. about she had a um, an interview in Hollywood Reporter about this character and how she made um, like why she brought the cat back and um, how she tried to make uh, Captain Marvel a cross between Captain America's military prowess and I believe she said Iron Man's cockiness. Um. Maybe she's just the comic book version writer. Probably the comic book version. It's not Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck because they're the writing and directing team behind it. I don't believe they're comic book writers. Um, Nicole Nicole Perlman is a really new screenwriter right now. Like I believe she's maybe is she the one with Pikachu? She did in the red. Does she have red hair? Um, no, doesn't look like it. Uh, she she's doing Detective Pikachu and she's doing Guardians of the Galaxy, or she did do. Guardians of the Galaxy, she helped out James Gunn with that. Um, then there's Geneva Robertson Dwaret. I apologize if I'm butchering that name. And she did um, Captain Marvel, and she also did, oh, the Tomb Raider screenplay. And that was actually a pretty enjoyable movie. But the, which Tomb Raider? The, the Angelina Jolie one? No, no, no. One? The, um, the uh, uh, Alicia Vikander one. That one was pretty good, too. So these are all relatively new people, but I don't believe... Maybe it's Meg Le- LaFau, who's also a screenwriter. Yeah, she's re- oh wow, she's written Inside Out and Good Dinosaur. Yeah. Kelly Sue DeConnick is the one I was talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. How oh. Captain Marvel writer Kelly Sue DeConnick revamped the hero. Anyways, it was just an interesting... She has this quote in there Maybe about... that's the comic book writer. Oh, wait, no, that is the comic book writer currently. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. That so the comic sense. book writer of Yeah, because I was writing an article about the character and that name got brought mm-hmm. up, so that's who she is. Yeah, and okay. she just was talking about some of the scenes being this ultra-feminist, like, groundbreaking stuff, and mm-hmm. I just didn't see any of that in there in the movie and maybe some people have but for us personally like for them wanting to go at that angle it really didn't have a script that felt like it was pushing that boundary to make it stand out as such yeah i don't And also the script was just bland in general yeah it just felt um predictable in like the worst ways you know 
um, like, I mean, you can make an argument in some Marvel movies, like, there's, like, beat-by-beat beat plot points that you can just follow and be okay. okay with. But this one, I felt, was, like, to another level to where I was predicting stuff that was going to happen. There's some good plot twists that I give them credit for that we can talk about in our spoiler review uh, next week. But yeah. for, um, just as a generalization, for the most part, it was very, like, set up and predictable mm-hmm. plot points that I was very disappointed by. Well, I can't wait to talk next week after Eric sees this and go mm-hmm. into the spoilers because I feel like we're yeah. leaving so much out because we don't want to spoil it today. And there there actually is some um, cool comic book related stuff that gets in the spoiler territory that I actually do mm-hmm. give them props for um, for making the choices that they did when it comes to like the lineage behind Captain Marvel. I was very impressed by that. Um, but for the general general script that they had it really wasn't anything to be desired yeah unfortunately i think my final thought on it is that it's not going to hold up in the theaters the way um wonder woman held through a summer okay i just i don't see it i see it by the time avengers comes out it'll be done like done done I can, in I april can so that. we've got it's definitely gonna have a strong opening yeah. Like, this is the weekend to, for mm-hmm. theaters to really be like, hey, we have Captain Marvel. Go see it, like, right, right now. We haven't, nothing good has been coming out lately. Please go see this movie. But uh, I could see a possible drop off um, happening faster than I think most of them do. Maybe, but there's just, there's nothing else really to go out and see either. So that's going to help it. Not in at least two weeks, I guess. Well, you've got us, which is not going to hurt the audience because that's a specially horror rated R audience. Yeah. And then you've got Dumbo, which is more family. That'll hurt it mm-hmm. a little bit, but um, Dumbo, I I think people assume it'll play younger, but I think it's going to play older. Oh, really? Okay. Because well, I just don't think young kids have have are familiar with the Dumbo property. I know my children aren't. Well, I that's true. And it was a little before me too. I mean, I grew had it growing up. I just wasn't one of my favorites. Yeah, same here. Same here with my so, or my age group. So I just think there's a little bit it'll play a little older, similar to how Mary Poppins played older. Everybody assumed it was for children, but it yeah, it ended up playing older. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think that that's going to really tear a lot away from it. So you you really and Shazam um could Shazam's been getting some great buzz. Yeah. Sh- Shazam I think will be the first thing mm-hmm. that really um undermines it. So yeah. we've got a couple weeks. Um but it's kinda of funny that I just realized this like the two comic book characters that have gone by the name Captain Marvel are gonna have like a movie in the span of the month. Like that's that's yeah. weird to think of. <laughs> <laughs> um pretty cool. No, and Shazam got a pretty good reaction. The trailer did. You know, at my screening, mm-hmm. what the, got the best reaction? This is on a side note. I'm trying to think of the ones I saw. Um, I don't know about your screening, but mine that got the best reaction, I was really surprised, was The Hustle. Got so many laughs. My, I, th- that one was shown at my screening. It uh-huh. didn't get the most laughs. They had some weird choices too. They had as usual, but. well. I don't think that our theater very does curating the trailers very well. So they yeah, just throw them not. up there because they had. I'm trying to think of which one. It was a weird. They one had Frozen got. two on this, and that's probably okay. But I was like, it's a little young. Well, it worked for my screening because there was a lot of ten year old, ten eleven year olds yeah. at that one. So at least they got that one right, I suppose. What one was it? I'm trying to think. I I don't know. I'm I'm spacing, but it was a weird 
one where people were like buzzing about it. And I was like, really? I thought cool. I thought more people would get excited about Rocket Man because I'm I am so moved by that trailer. It like gets me so excited. But there wasn't yeah, the that, chatter. I don't, think, I don't think that one was uh, yeah. the one that got the most buzz. No, it wasn't the chatter. I thought the the one that had the most laughs and chatter afterwards was hu- the Hustle. With, and that's got Rebel Wilson and mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway, and they play con female con artists, yeah. and it's a comedy. And it, so out in what August? May tenth. Oh wow! Quickly, okay. Yeah, so I'm keeping <laughs> keeping that on the radar. Yeah, is so it's good to go to these screenings and see how trailers react with an audience. It does make it more fun to watch trailers because we're so used yeah. to seeing trailers every day. Oh, like there's someone next to us is <laughs> like, I've never seen this. I'm like, yeah, I saw this last week. Right. Know? We've but, seen them all. So when we go into the movies, we've seen all the trailers. So it's the trailer part's not very fun. Yeah, but at least it, there's a game to play where it's like, which one uh-huh. is going to get the most buzz? Like, who's who's excited? Was for there it? a huge line outside? Did you outside the auditorium to get in? I did, but we were the first ones there. I don't oh. think people started showing up until I don't know a half an hour before. Yeah, it actually played. I, um, there was a, it, it sold out though. Yeah. There was a huge line at mine. I was surprised. Yeah. I thought late night, no one's going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was wrong. Marvel movies, yeah. Know? No, I was wrong. There was quite a few people there and I had to wait in line yeah. outside the auditorium. At least you're able to nab a seat though. I got a good seat, but it's easy when you're a single person, you can go sit yeah. awkwardly in between people. <laughs> Yeah, just join a group. Have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I try to do. Like, immerse myself so I can mm-hmm. eavesdrop on everybody. Mm-hmm. Like a little spy. <laughs> so, I mean, to sum up, every, to sum up uh, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, I didn't... I enjoyed myself. Um, I don't think it's... I don't think it's that great of a movie as compared to what some critics may say. Um, but I do think it's a crap crowd pleaser i do think, oh yeah um, i don't think marvel marvel is capable of making a bad movie like or a poorly received movie i mean even the poorly received ones like hulk or i don't know thor 2 probably even those people were like eh, it's fine yeah well it's still it's enjoy the ones, there's still enjoyable elements of them yeah i liked part of i like some of thor 2 the dark world I was weirdly high on Thor 2 until, like, years later where I was like, oh, wait, it wasn't that great. (laughs) But, you know, it was still cool to at least have a sequel to Thor 2. Yeah. Ragnarok. I didn't like the sequel as much, only because they destroyed Asgard. If they had just left the planet, I think I would have been okay. You couldn't have destroyed Hela without destroying the planet. I get it. I get it. I have feelings about um, that part of the movie to begin with. I just don't like wiping the Asgardian race off the face of the earth and, like... Well, it clearly doesn't matter now, thanks to Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> Just wipe them clearly yeah. off the face of the earth. No more Asgardians. So I think people should go check the da- this out, because I think in general they're going to enjoy themselves. Uh, Brie Larson, I think, is strong enough as a character to where I'll be excited to see her in the end game, and I'm excited to see at least another director be able to see what they can do to push this character. Yeah, and there we should say there are a mid credit scene and an end credit scene. At this point, you should know. Just stay. Yeah. Just stay. I, I even wrote this in my review, which is up at silverscreeninsider.com, that uh-huh. uh, at the end, I'm like, there's end credit scenes. Why do I still have to tell people? Like, th- just right. stay. Just stay. Did you enjoy <laughs> them? I enjoyed the mid credit scene which we can get into in our spoiler talk. We will. Um, 
And the end one was predictable. I, yeah. I wasn't surprised. The mid credit scene to me felt cheap. <laughs> like, really? Like I, not, I, oh, you didn't enjoy I will explain one. why in the spoiler one. Um, it I was. I think I think I know. I think I can guess why, but we. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you at the end. Well, yeah, we'll discuss in the spoiler one why yeah. I didn't really care for it, and I did like. <laughs> I don't love cats, and a cat is featured in the end credit scene. I'm not giving anything away by that, <laughs> but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if it was just, it just because it was 12.45 at night and I was exhausted. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> so I don't know if that played into it, but. I, for me with the cat, uh, the cat's name is Goose. It was a cat. I mean, yeah. it does do something cool, which I, I do like that they did that. Um, again, we can talk about that in spoilers. Oh, we're going to so talk about the cat but, in the well, spoilers. I was freaking out like, oh my God, it's a cat. I just, I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a cat. I don't like, think if, it if stole are, the show like people are saying. I'm afraid that it did. And what? if it, in my, in my screen for sure. Oh like, no. Whenever that darn cat just showed up, ah, nice movie reference. Uh, yeah. whenever that cat showed up. And people were just like, oh, my God, it's the cat, and he's awesome. <laughs> I'm just I'm like, jeez, I get it. Like, the cat's cute, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a cat. <laughs> like, right. Just, so, whatever. I mean, I'm glad that, like I said, it's going to be a crowd pleaser. It's hurt. Is I'm the glad thing... people are enjoying themselves. I just did not have that same amount of right. enjoyment. Is the thing that distinguishes this movie from all the others is that they're featured an animal pet in it? <laughs> like, yes. r- remember the superhero with a pet? <laughs> unfortunately i won't be shocked if it becomes that right oh sad well on to other things there's some interesting news coming out this week Mm -hmm. um a little bit came out last week we had heard rumblings that rami malik was going was circling being the new james bond villain for james bond 25 yeah and it looks like he's in negotiations for that so yeah at first they, the studio was trying to pursue him, but Variety was reporting that it was not able to work because it conflicts his uh, Rami Malek's scheduling time with his show, Mr. Robot. But uh-huh. then, I don't know, some, like right after Rami won his Oscar, Collider came out and said, like, no, like they actually um, made it work to where he can balance Mr. Robot and Bond 25. Oh. So it looks like he's finalizing that. I'm sure that it, he always could able be able to do it because he had no problem doing Bohemian in a show. I just think yeah. he was like, if I win an Academy Award, they'll have to pay me more money. So I'm going to wait oh, and sure. find out. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure that's what it was. It's... I'm, I'm sure that's part of it too, but you can't blame the studio at all for wanting no. Oscar winning Rami Malek, especially... Yeah, I mean, before it was, you know, hey, let's get him, and then after that, it's hey, let's get Oscar nominee yep. Rami, and now and now he's an Oscar winner, and you can't blame them for wanting to keep adding talent like that. No, no, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm not set on him as a villain. We talked a little bit about this. Yeah, um, I just want more pictures and information on the villain character. Well, the, I mean, they yeah. aren't even like ready to give out plot details and no not bios, even so it's it's going to be quite a ways but i just feel like rami can go down a dark path like playing a villain i mean in mr robot it's not exactly a villainous role or nothing like that but it's definitely a dark tortured character that i feel like um could right. be transferred over to a bond villain yeah i'm sure it's not gonna be a stretch for him to be able to act it no. and i think <laughs> 
And I think if they go down that route with him, uh, paired up with Fuganaga, who I feel like can make a, another darker Bond movie, I feel like that'll be a great pairing. Yeah. That'd be a good send-off if this is Daniel Craig's last Bond. Yeah, that's true. Because he still has this one, and then he's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, another man who was circling the Bond role that everybody's been wanting to be Bond, Idris Elba, <laughs> is actually going to be Deadshot in the new Su- Suicide Squad 2 film. Yeah. Um, last week, it was announced that Will Smith decided to not come back for the Suicide Squad, um, which is now directed by James Gunn. And Surprise. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, though. Um, but... Apparently, Elba and James Gunn had a meeting, and uh, Gunn always wanted Elba to be in the role since Will Smith left, and mm-hmm. apparently the talks went so well that they're trying to finalize the deal now, and it looks like nice. that's going to be our new dead shot. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how, like, if he, this means, like, a different direction, obviously, for Suicide Squad 2. Is he gonna, is James Gunn going to bring in new characters? Obviously, we're going to get dead shot again. There's been rumblings that um, there it's going to be new characters for the Suicide Squad team. Some of them might have leaked. Um, it seems like there's kind of rumors right now, um, but they're definitely going to be taking a whole different cast of characters for sure. Yeah. I think that's undeniable at this point. Mine is Deadshot and probably Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Margot Robbie has to come back for Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Those were probably the two best characters. They were the best parts in the first one for sure. Yeah. So, um, but do you think Amanda Waller... We'll be back and... I hope so. I actually like Viola Davis in that role. I thought yeah. that was a really great um, casting decision. Um, but they'll just have to make that character written better. Because uh, I don't feel like... While she was solid in the role, I don't feel like it was a well-thought-out um, role for her. Yeah. Well, so I, I don't think does. we have to worry about that with James Gunn. Yeah, I think he's going to he's gonna do a better job at balancing these characters for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of exciting, and I I think Idris Elba will do a great Deadshot. He he's the villain in the upcoming Universal title Hobbs and Shaw, and he mm-hmm. looks fantastic in that. So and he definitely has a sense of comedic timing too, because uh-huh. he had a small role in uh, the U.S. version of The Office for a couple of episodes. I think half a season, and he I mean he played a very serious character, but he knew how to like have that comedic timing to where it works mm-hmm. for like what the show was trying to do. So it's not like it's out of his realm. And plus he's just a terrific actor in general. Like he honestly can do no wrong, I feel like. Yeah. This was a good a good replacement mm-hmm. for Will Smith. I was excited for Will Smith to at least gel with James Gunn because I do mm-hmm. feel like Will Smith can have that kind of flavor of comedy and of yeah. acting that can go well with how James Gunn uh does with directing. But Idris Elba though, you can't go wrong with getting him for anything so well done yeah so that's some fun news i makes me excited about some future product and then finally um well we hope that all that suicide squad 2 and james bond will be played in theaters where it should be and this last (laughs) right after the academy awards steven spielberg kind of made like a big bold statement that saying he's going to go to the academy governors and try to change rules to limit um, the ability of streaming sites, although everybody is, thinks he's just targeting Netflix, but to limit the ability of streaming to win awards because in his view, they should qualify more for Emmys, which are television based. Mm-hmm. And a lot of there's been a lot of criticism 
criticism of him and a lot of attacking of his views as being elitist and outdated and um, that he needs to get on board because this is good, good quality films. And mm-hmm. and I get support all the, yeah Support the films no matter where they are type of. Right. Yeah. But that if you don't want to support them in the um, on streaming, then you're somehow out of out of touch with everybody. <laughs> and I and I feel like I should come to his defense a little bit. Um, there is definitely a different difference, obviously, between viewing it on streaming and viewing it in a theater. It's sure, just yeah. your a physical experience that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And um, and whether like product in the future solely becomes streaming or theaters go away and stuff that that needs to be a debate we need to have and talk about because theaters offer a lot of extra benefits that and experiences that nobody like i think adds to the conversation they're also concentrated on getting to make my mo- the movie i want to make and like who i want to distribute it with mm-hmm. but Um, for me, I just, I'm not trying to attack Netflix as a company in general. It's just, or the concept of streaming. I just think that if streamers want to have awards and be, and have content creators and creatives in the community be rewarded for their work and, and acknowledged amongst their peers, then there just needs to be a certain playing field, um, transparency and rules that need to be in place. So I get that. And those rules are kind of there and maybe they need to be tweaked because of streaming. But for me, the reason I feel like Netflix is so disingenuous in this whole argument, because they recently came out with a tweet like, no, we love cinema. We love movies. Well, they really don't. Because if they, if they did, (laughs) (laughs) well, if they did, they would have a distribution team. You would be able to call up Netflix and be like, I want to book this. And they never put resources into that. Mm -hmm. They never wanted to actually create a theatrical distribution team because their goal isn't to put movies in theaters. Their goal is to be on their platform. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't think that you should be awarded an award that was meant for content that was viewed in theaters to be viewed solely through streaming and to get that same award. Otherwise, why weren't for the last 30 years we were awarding made-for-TV movies? Because the debate has already been made. We've already decided where you watch the movie matters. Where you consume the content matters. If it was on TV, then they would be you know, able to have had these awards forever. But they're not because we've, we've decided. So to go ahead and just change all of a sudden because your favorite movie happened to be on Netflix doesn't change that the debate debate has already been made. Now you just need to change the rules and the context. And if you want it to change, then there needs to be some mechanisms in place. That's a real debate people need to have. And to, and to then just go out and dismiss that, like it's an elitist thing. It's obviously coming from people that don't know the industry at all, period. Maybe for some, not at all, but there's definitely um, those who don't understand, like, it's not, the industry is not just the Hollywood industry mm-hmm. and, like, what's trending in the new directions, but it's also right. a matter of the theater part of the whole industry. I feel like mm-hmm. that's where we're lacking on how to view all this, because right. um, while, yes, like, the new direction is looking like it's heading to streaming, like, it, the theater industry is still an important part of uh, making mm-hmm. movies is still an important part of that experience. So I, I feel like people don't understand that aspect of it and how much of an 
impact that it plays on this whole debate about um, how movies should be viewed or how movies should be rewarded for what they've done. Um, or even if it comes to the core, is, is it a movie? If you don't watch it in the theater, is it a movie? Is it? That's the yeah, big question. That's, because that's what a, what makes a movie, ugh, if it's a, a story, say, but... if it's a story over a certain length of time, then is Game of Thrones a, just a huge glorified movie? Is Friends just a movie over, you know, there? but you don't think Friends is a movie because you watched it on TV. <laughs> you don't think Game of Thrones I mean, is a movie because it's yes, chopped up I, I do get where you're and getting streamed. At. It is just a weird thought to think about. I mean... I guess it, or, I mean, let's put it this way. The MCU now, it could be looked at, like, as a long television series now. Right. Is it the MCU more it's, of it's a, serialized. yeah, is it more of a, of a series, and should it be given the same accolades? What mm-hmm. makes, this is a huge debate now that technology has brought into this, that streaming has yeah. brought into this. What makes a movie a movie? Is it the fact that, it is a set a story that takes place over a certain amount of time viewed mm-hmm. or is it the fact that you viewed it in a movie theater is that do we have brought do we call them broadway plays or is it still a play if you you know if you only watch a movie if it's not or well or if it's not performed on a stage like does yeah. the stage make it the play rather than um i don't know if it was animated people doing it like there, so this just has a bigger um, debate. It's that bigger pe- than just being like the streaming yeah. versus theater. Well, the streaming versus um, theater experience yeah. debate. I, well, I guess that's a bad way of saying it, too, because it goes back to it being like what classifies it as a movie based on how you view it. But yeah, you're, it's just... It raises a lot of questions. Like how you view it, where you view it, when you view it. You can't blame Spielberg for asking the Oscar committee about this. Right. No, because it should be something debated. And it does sound like an old guy complained about how Mm -hmm. times are changing and we should stick to our old ways. But he does make a point of like, it's not a matter of uh, times are changing. It's just a matter of, are they changing for the right reasons? Right. Or like for the right definitions? And it's not just Netflix. I want to, yeah, I like that more. Right, me too. I like that. It's not just Netflix. You know, we're going to have this debate as Disney and Warners and Universal as they go to their streaming platforms. Amazon Prime's doing it. I I give credit to Amazon Prime, though. Mm -hmm. You brought this up to me a few days ago when we discussed this. But unlike Netflix, who doesn't have a distribution team, Amazon Prime does. Does. And they they work well mm -hmm. with theaters in order to release movies before they even... Right. And Netflix is maybe going to try and do that as well. I mean, we're seeing with The Irishman by Martin, Martin Scorsese that they may have to bend to the theater's rules of being like, you have to play this movie in the 90-day run before putting it on your streaming service. Right. That may happen. Uh, it could be a sign of change like that because I think Netflix mm-hmm. is going to want to try and get those awards and put them right. in the theater so that, that way they can contend. But you are right. It is a matter of defining, like, if it's in the theater, like, does this movie a- apply for the awards right and this just goes also to the debate that the academy has had forever and ever do we recognize films that people see on a mass scale that furthers our industry or do we recognize the quality of films that are maybe smaller but that we that not very many people see Mm -hmm. and when you go to streaming you can't guarantee who's 
people are actually watching this because, well, one reason is Netflix doesn't disclose its streaming numbers. They're going to have to if they run them in theaters. Yeah, whereas in a theater, they have to disclose their their gross. Um, One reason I think they didn't for Roma is I don't think that they contracted with the reporting agency to have Roma be something that was tracked. Mm -hmm. So there, there could be some issues there. But... It goes into like a transparency issue, you know, is are these films supposedly getting rewarded based off viewership or are they, you know, getting rewarded for quality? That's a separate debate that the Academy has had, you know, why Avatar didn't win Best Picture, even though it was this huge, technologically amazing film at the time, but it wasn't the winner. So it just it goes back to the academy's identity of do we do we um, want to reward the craft or and what does that mean by doing that like yeah I think that's just going to be difficult to really nail down mm-hmm. just because I think voting is all opinion based um, so it's hard for them to know like am I going to vote for this movie just because in my opinion like the most viewed is the better one or because right. it's well crafted and it's art that should be recognized and I only bring that up because one of the arguments made on Netflix is that more people get to see my film and Netflix even brings this up if people that can't afford a theater uh, movie ticket and people and for people in areas where you don't have a theater well that's pretty few and limited and pretty disingenuous I think to bring that up because there are a lot of small theaters that have very cheap ticket prices that are local community theaters and small communities that do get these films and Netflix isn't going to hurt the big chains Netflix not being an AMC is not hurting AMC at all but no they're still going to make their business but what Netflix doing and getting recognized by the academy is taking I think content and um, and otherwise good product out of the marketplace and and unavailable to these little guys. They're hurting the little theaters more by this. Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things that people don't recognize enough. I feel mm-hmm. like um, many people in the industry only view it from the angle of uh, the art and um, the industry that tries to go about making the art, which I don't blame them. Like I. I feel like that is a good angle to look at as well. That's why I do like Netflix to a degree because they do right. at least attempt to do that type of thing. But at the same time, it also, for me personally, hurts the little theaters and the theater going yeah. experience because mm-hmm. really, no matter how big of a TV you may have at home, like you're not going to get that same quality of the art yeah. as compared to it being in a theater. Yeah, I agree. And I think that just moving forward you know these small theaters are going to suffer from the lack of content available because that content is being limited because half of it now is going to streaming to prop up the studios and netflix's streaming appetite and then they're going to save obviously their best stuff you hope for the theater Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be surprised if you know eventually down the road we're having this debate of do you just get to watch Disney films on Disney Plus now, or do you get to go to a theater and enjoy them? Yeah, and it's going to paint an interesting picture of are they going to even qualify 
for awards at all just because they're on a service they see on a TV or because they're actually viewed on mm-hmm. a theater period or just for a limited time or yeah I, yeah I I don't blame Spielberg for addressing this matter I don't I I feel like he personally just would prefer theaters over streaming services I think mm-hmm. he'd rather would would go down that route um, because and, he still and that's gets not surprising yeah. why he's doing this in the first place but it, it's not a bad reason for him to be doing this. Like, I, I don't feel like people should. It's one thing to have your own opinion and critique, like, being like, no, like, why would you be talking about this? Like, it's all fine. But mm-hmm. there is another side to it, and I feel like it's a side that people aren't thinking of, and that's the theater industry impact. Yeah, and I don't feel like it's elitist to to want to preserve that community theater feel. Like, I don't... That's not elitist at all. I get if you think that we should only be able to move watch movies in a $20 IMAX screen, that's elitist to me. But when I think about movie going and that experience, I think about the local theater you grow up with. Yeah. And it's probably, it can be that $20 IMAX, you know, full fledged Dolby Atmos experience, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But for, probably for like, I would say 80% of people, it's probably a local little theater that's just struggling to, to stay open yeah um and when it comes to how the movies should be viewed in contention like whether Mm -hmm. they're on tv or through streaming or what i i think spielberg is in the right to ask that question right because it needs it's a debate that needs to happen but people don't need to attack him yet let's actually really think about this debate first yeah it's not so much a matter of attacking streaming it's just a question of like why should a movie that people are most likely going to be viewed on TV have the right to mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Academy like, of Science and Motion? I, it's the Academy question, of I'm Motion Pictures. Questions. How is that? You viewed motion pictures in a in a theater. You didn't. I don't know. It's just such a crazy techno technological question, I mean, and just. Unless- ex- I'm trying to remember, like, the whole rule to how the Academy views these things. Like, if I had to guess, they don't view television movies for because they uh, don't attention because they already do that at the Emmys. So I figure that as long as you right. have any sort of theatrical run in that yeah. year that they're voting, then that's going to qualify. Yeah. You need a theatrical run for one week in L.A. County is yeah. all you need to like LA, qualify. Yeah, it's not like even that. that much it's just one week in oh, la really? county in oh, yeah no. so that you know they can just play it in one spot now a lot of places play la and new york and then expand um later and it's mostly in that really lucrative mm-hmm. christmas corridor so i know they don't want to change up that strategy of releasing films in the christmas corridor that but i feel like no one's going to get super hurt if all of a sudden they can't release Christmas Day in New York and L.A. and then expand release and still be considered for that. I mean, it just changes up how, like, the films that are considered. And I'm okay with that, but that's fine. (laughs) But that's a different opinion. Maybe if you – because if you do a – if you require, like, a longer week run, say maybe, like, two- or three-week run, then they have to release the film two or three weeks, so they miss the Christmas Mm -hmm. corridor. So it just just affects those films that try to capitalize on that. Yeah, but one more question that I have is, in terms of what the Academy will think when they talk to Spielberg, is the question going to come up to where 
if you're a streaming service and you have a movie but you want to be in awards contention do you just release that movie only in theaters and not be able to put it on streaming because if he's asked if spielberg's asking the question like why should these movies that are going to be viewed on tv anyway qualify mm-hmm. for academy awards um why should they be considered for that then right when instead they should probably be considered uh to be nominated in these awards only because well not only because but part of the reason because they're able to be seen only in the theater does that make yeah. sense yeah Okay. I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, uh, I feel like I'm losing her. <laughs> no, I, I get it. And that's what he's, that's his point. That's what he's bringing up. Okay. We yeah. have Emmys. We have Golden Globes. We have these other awards. Mm-hmm. They can qualify for them, but maybe the Academy, we hold them to a, a different, you oh, know, set. viewed in a theater and, I, and people are forgetting mm-hmm. that movies should be, or not, sh- well, should be, but are played in theaters. And right. It's funny that... <laughs> People are probably listening to this and being like, they don't forget that they're playing in theaters. But, well, at the same time, it kind of does. Yeah. It kind of does. I don't really... I want to take a poll. I would take a poll of all... going at Spielberg being yeah. like, no, like, movies can be shown for streaming. Yeah, but then you're not thinking about how it affects the other part of that industry that helped start all this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sitting here wanting to protect like the big three chains, you know. But I I definitely my loyalty is more to the smaller local community theater. Sure. But I it, it I feel like it's Netflix needs the Academy Award exposure more than the Academy Awards need Netflix. I will I agree with that to a point. I feel like the Academy thinks that if we do have Netflix, it shows that we're shifting to the next new age of movies Mm -hmm. but i do agree with you that netflix probably wants the award more than the academy really needs for netflix to be in the conversation yes because because netflix and streaming in general have to spend probably way more money to get the word out that about a film you know and and try to capitalize on it but if they had if they got this built-in marketing with the academy awards like academy award winner goes a long way into telling telling the consumer about the quality of the film and then they don't have to invest so much in the marketing to convince that person yeah i mean that clearly it clearly does help i mean look at green book it's spiked uh after it won for best Mm -hmm. picture people are becoming back i mean granted it made four million last week which doesn't look like much but the fact that it jumped so much to where so many theaters were wanting to replay it and that people are actually going out to check this thing out it speaks volumes you're right it does it does help it and i think green book just recently crossed the 200 million mark oh it didn't get there already no i think it i think having academy awards really got it over the hump so i mean whether you think it deserves it or not like you can't deny that getting that oscar helps it does really help and and i i feel like the academy needs to recognize their power in that and just make sure that they're just rewarding it in the best of intentions too yeah uh, best of intentions and figuring out a good way a clear line a clear clear line a clear rule because this is going to come up more and more when disney and universal and warners has their streaming this isn't just oh netflix trying to be the disruptor in Mm -hmm. the thing no this is this is where the industry is going and i think that now is a great time to mold the trajectory of that a little bit to protect theaters to a certain 
extent, but also to enrich and create divisions. Like, hey, these are these quality movies that get considered for awards. These are just your your media consuming movies and stuff. And I think sure. that that's okay sure. to make those distinctions. Yeah, I just say hearing that initially is not a bad idea. I mean, there's just of course we will need more time to ponder it, but mm-hmm. initially it's not a bad idea in the slightest. And then maybe we'll make it easier to create that, um, you know, like what Amazon's doing where they, where they have a distribution team that Mm -hmm. you can call and they have theatrical release plans and they are saying, Hey, we want to partner with theaters. Netflix isn't doing that. And that's why they, they're not doing that now. Um, the Irishman is really going to be, I think it's going to be the start of what decides everything. I hope so. I hope Scorsese changes that. I mean, and I wouldn't have a oh, problem. Scorsese's been wanting this movie yeah. to be in theaters despite working with Netflix. Right. He's but been I... championing that for a while. And I think listening to Scorsese as well as wanting those, you know, Oscars right. and awards, I think that's going to help Netflix be like, all right, we're going to actually have a wide release. We're going to abide to the rules that these theater chains are setting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from there, it's going to be, that's going to be when these type of talks happen. Yeah. And if I, and if that happens on the Irishman, I will be so happy. I feel like that is level real playing field and they want to come and be in this industry. It's a good way to start. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a much better way. And then it shows the other studios who already have distribution arms, you know, to continue to keep them, to continue to keep, funneling product to theaters and and maintaining that relationship because it is very lucrative oh for sure for sure um yeah i i guess i have nothing else to add on other than just we'll continue in this debate as stuff changes um i think spielberg's not gonna go talk to the governors is it end of march beginning of april I actually don't remember. This might be the new, you know, over the last couple of years, the windowing issue has just been a really hot button issue at, at places like CinemaCon, which is, you know, the industry, NATO's premier industry convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, Netflix has never had a presence at CinemaCon and Amazon has. They do a filmmaker's luncheon. They sponsor an event there. They're right. very much involved with the theaters and theater owners. So props to Amazon. Yeah. They're, I feel like they're doing streaming right in this industry. Yeah, I mean, the more that we've talked about it with Amazon mm-hmm. and that you remind me that they have a distribution team that helps work with the theaters, like it. It's really cool. It's really cool that they yeah. think about that as well as thinking about the new age, quote unquote. Of yeah, funneling their product. Viewed. So we'll we'll just keep monitoring it and having discussions, you know, like we did with the movie pass and the uh, and the idea of subscription modeling. Yeah, the idea of windowing, how streaming is going to affect windowing. Yeah, it's going to be a huge. Yeah, it's going to be a huge <laughs> issue. And we'll talk about it every. And how how to <laughs> reward and recognize excellence in mm-hmm. filmmaking, if it you know, and what it means to have a movie moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. So we just wanted to add a little bit more to that conversation and than just what the side of being like streaming's the new thing. Yeah, ah, forget the theaters. Yeah. Like no, like let's remember them. Yes, it's part of the whole cycle. It is. Yeah. So for this weekend. Go to your theater. Go see Captain Marvel. Maybe Kyle and I are totally wrong, and we're becoming jaded with all the Marvel movies we've had to see. I'm sure. I I'm sure 
I'm wrong. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm sure people will have a good time with Maybe it. Maybe they'll, like, I've, they'll I've love Goose, times, the so. cat. People will love Goose. I yeah. thought it was a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and um, It's definitely going to be what yeah. everyone's watching. And it'll be number one this weekend for yeah. sure. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. It's going to be big. It did really well in early preview shows, like mm-hmm. we said. So I think it's going to be... If weather doesn't hurt the weekend, there is some snowing on the West Coast right now. And that yeah. weather can be a huge factor. It's really hard to get out and go to the movie. For sure. Um, so Yeah, that could play a role. But already it's early showing numbers are larger than Homecoming and Guardians 2, I believe. Which I think mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's finding it. It's going to find its place. And it's going to benefit from there not being a lot of competition right now. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some new releases next weekend, uh, but I don't know how much of a hit it's going to be on Captain Marvel. I think the only reason why there's going to be a big drop is because the people who want to see it have already seen it. Yeah. It might not be a film that elicits the multiple viewership of seeing it two or three times. Yeah. It might not have that same... Um, Event appeal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but, um, but it was definitely enjoyable. We loved Brie Larson. Yeah. She's, she's been awesome in just about everything I've seen her in. And if you want to go, she's solid in the role. If you want to go download an uh, image from Captain Marvel to put on your Facebook posts, when you go see the movie, you can go to silverscreeninsider.com. Cody, it's Instagram now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Instagram. (laughs) On the gram. I even have Instagram. I should know that. On the gram. I just not I'm lazy and I don't take pictures. So yeah. <laughs> I never put anything on Instagram. I yeah, <laughs> I I just like it cuz other people put pictures yeah. on there and I'm like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't be so lazy in my life." And then I go home and veg out and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of boring too, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to take pictures of cuz I always feel so awkward. I tried to take a picture of the line last night from waiting for Captain Marvel oh, yeah. cuz I was going to post like on Facebook, like lines for Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. and it was blurry. And then I felt silly because people were looking (laughs) at me like a weirdo. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is just not good at at this. Well, if you don't want to be as awkward, then you can just go get pictures on publicity stills Yeah, on a silver screen insider.com. We have all the information about upcoming releases. Plus our Mm -hmm. podcast is on the site as well as on iTunes. Yes. So go check it out. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Take it easy.